Hello everybody and welcome to the Agios Dose. My name is Bill Dykstra. Today is July the 10th and we commemorate the founder of monasticism in Ukraine, St. Anthony of the Kiev Kiev the Kiev Caves. Sorry about that. We, I'll, I'll reiterate myself that we are most definitely commemorating today St. Anthony of the Kiev Caves Monastery. Now, we were away for a little bit there. We were on vacation, and now we're back, and we're ready to record and give you many stories on the saints. We have some pretty cool ones coming up, but uh, we'll, I'll talk about that at the end of the episode. And just as a, as a, as a caution to you guys, a caution, not really a caution, but more of a heads up. Since the summer has started, our little corner that we live on and we peacefully record our podcasts at is has like increased in traffic a hundred percent and anyone you know who you know doesn't have a muffler loves to drive up and down our little quaint street and so you might hear honking you might hear people chatting in the background and you might hear those roaring mufflers going but it's all worth it because we're talking about the saints today so please excuse any of the the uh, the the noise pollution that you hear in the background. Um, please take my apologies for that. I'm really excited to talk about Anthony today. I'm excited because one, he's a very important saint for the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. He's from the, those early days when Christianity was first coming to the Rusin people. I'm also excited to talk about Anthony because I get to. I get to use a different set of sources to talk about Anthony. I get to use the works of Nestor the Chronicler. He's kind of like a Eusebius of Caesarea for the Rusin people. He wrote the Primary Chronicle, and he wrote the Paternic of the Kievan Caves Fathers. And so today I'm going to be reading from the Primary Chronicler, Chronicle of Chronicle of Nestor the Chronicler. I am getting tongue-tied today. Sorry about that. Anyways, so I'm going to be retelling Anthony's story based on his um, this early work. Let us now relate why the monastery of the Crips bears this name. Prince Yaroslav was fond of Brestorov and the Church of the Holy Apostles there situated. He gathered a large company of priests, among whom was a presbyter named Hilarion, a virtuous man, learned, and ascetic. Hilarion used often to walk from Brestorov towards the Dnieper to a certain hill, where the old crypt monastery now is, and made his prayers there, for there was a great forest on the spot. He dug a little catacomb two fathoms deep and often went there from Brestorov to chant the hours and offer his prayers to God in secret. Then God inspired the prince to appoint him metropolitan in St. Sophia, and the crypt remained as it was. Not many days afterward, there was a certain man, a layman from the city of Lubeck, in whose heart God had inspired the desire to go on pilgrimage. He made his way to Mount Athos, beheld the monasteries there, and upon examining them and beginning and being charmed by the monastery life, he entered one of the local monasteries and begged a prior to confer on him the monastic habit. The latter complied with his request and made him a monk, 
calling him Antonius, and after he had admonished him and instructed him in the monastic obligations, he bade him to return to Rus accompanied by the blessing of the Holy Mount, that many other monks might spring from his example. The prior blessed him and dismissed him, saying, Go in peace. Antonius returned to Kiev and reflected where he should live. He went about the monasteries and liked none of them, since God did not so will, and subsequently wandered about the hills and valleys seeking the place which God should show him. He finally came to a hill where Hilarion had dug up the crypt, and like this sight, he rejoiced in it. He then lifted up his voice in prayer to God, saying amid his tears, O Lord, strengthen me in this place, and may there rest upon it the blessing of the holy mount and of the prior who tonsured me. Thus he took up abode there, praying to God, eating dry bread every other day, drinking water moderately, and digging the crypt. He gave himself rest neither day nor night, and endured in his labors, in vigil and in prayer. Afterward, good men noticed his conduct and supplied him accordingly, according to his necessities. Thus he acquired distinction as the great Antonius, and those who drew near to him besought his blessing. When the great prince Yaroslav died, Isislav, his son, inherited his domain and settled in Kiev, while Antonius was celebrated throughout Rus. Isislav observed his manner of life and came with his retainers to request his blessing and prayers. The great Antonius was thus remarked and revered by everyone. Brothers joined him, and he welcomed and tonsured them. Brethren thus gathered about him to the number of twelve. They got dug a great crypt and a church and cells which exist to this day in the crypt under the old monastery. When the brethren has thus assembled, Antonius said to them, God has gathered you together, my brethren, and ye are under the blessing of the holy mount, through which the prior at the holy mount tonsured me, and I have tonsured you also. May there be upon you first the blessing of God, and second that of the holy mount. And he added this injunction, Live apart by yourselves, and I shall appoint you a prior, for I prefer to go alone to yonder hill, as I formerly was wont when I dwelt in solitude. So he appointed Barlaam as their prior, and he betook himself to the hill where he dug a grotto, which is under the new monastery, and in which he ended his life, enduring in virtue, and for the space of forty years never issuing forth from the crypt in which his bones lie to this present day. The brethren thus abode with their prior, and as the number of monks in the crypt increased, they considered the establishment of a monastery outside of the original crypt. Thus the prior and the brethren approached Antonius and said to him, Father, the brethren, the brethren have increased in numbers, and we can no longer find room in the crypt. If God and thy prayers so direct us, we might build a small church outside of the crypt. Antonius then bade them to do so. They reverenced to him and built a little chapel over the crypt and dedicated it to the assumption of the Holy Virgin. God continued to augment the number of the brotherhood through the intercession of the Holy Virgin, and the brethren 
took counsel with the prior as to constructing a monastery. The friars again visited Antonius and said, Father, our brethren increase in numbers, and we are desirous of building a monastery. Antonius rejoiced and replied, Blessed be God for all things, and may the prayers of the Holy Virgin and of the Holy Fathers of the Holy Mount be with you. Having thus spoken, he sent one of the brotherhood to Prince Isislav with the message, My prince, behold, God strengthens the brotherhood, but their abode is small. Give us therefore the hill which is above the crypt. When Isislav heard these words, he rejoiced and sent his servants and gave to them the hill. The prior in the brotherhood founded there a great church and fenced in the monastery with a palisade. They constructed many cells, completed the church, and adorned it with icons. Such was the origin of the crypt monastery, which was so named because of the brethren first lived in the crypt. The crypt monastery thus issued from the benediction of the holy mount. Now when the monastery was completed during the priorate of Barlaam, Isislav founded the monastery of St. Demetrius, and appointed Barlaam prior therein, since he intended by the virtue of his material wealth to make it superior to the ancient monastery. Many monasteries have indeed been founded by emperors and nobles and magnates, but they are not such as those founded by tears, fasting, prayer, and vigil. Antonius had neither silver nor gold, but accomplished his purpose through tears and fasting, as I have recounted. When Barlaam had departed to St. Demetrius's, the brethren held a council, and then once more visited the ancient Antonius with the request that he should designate them a new prior. He inquired whom they desired. They replied that they desired only the one designated by God and by his own selection. Who among you is more obedient, more modest, and more mild than Theodosius? Let him be your prior. Then the brethren rejoiced and made their reference before the old man. Being twenty in number, they thus appointed Theodosius to be their prior. When Theodosius took over the monastery, he began to practice abstinence, fasting, and tearful prayer. He undertook to assemble many monks, and thus gathered together brethren to the number of one hundred. He also interested himself in searching out the monastic rules. There was in Kiev at the time a monk from the Studian monastery named Michael, who had come from Greece with the metropolitan George, and Theodosius inquired of him concerning the practice of the Studian monks. He obtained their rule from him, copied it out, and established it in his monastery to govern the singing of monastic hymns, the making of reverences, the reading of the lessons, behavior in church, the whole ritual, conduct at table, proper food for special days, and to regulate all else according to prescription. After obtaining all this information, Theodosius thus transmitted it to his monastery, and from the latter, all others adopted the same instructions. Therefore, the crypt monastery is honored as the oldest of all. 
So thank you very much for listening. And as promised, I was going to talk to you about the future of the podcast. So what I've decided is in August, we're going to take a break. And I'm going to consider the end of July to be the end of season one. And there's going to be some, I'm really excited because there's going to be those Kievian saints that kind of lead us up to the end. And then season two will start in September. So we'll take a month break and we'll prepare for season two. And then that'll run to the end of November. And then we'll start up again with season three in January. Does that sound good to you? It sounds good to me. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. This has been your Daily Dose of Agios. St. Anthony of the Caves, pray for us.